0: You're listening to a Walking in Purpose podcast. Hi, my name is Joanne Veliz, and I want to welcome you to the Walking in Purpose podcast. I want you to know you have a purpose and a destiny to fulfill, and God has provided you with all the resources necessary for your journey. No matter who you are or where you are, it's time to walk in purpose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Walking in Purpose podcast. Now, today we're going to be finishing our two-part series on finding the right one. On the last episode, my wife and I shared a bit about our own personal testimony, some of our struggles, and how God glorified himself in the end. Today, we're going to be going over what the Bible says you need to know when you're looking for your mate. Let's listen. So what we decided to do tonight... ...is after we gave you our testimony, because I know that some of you out there already relate. And I know that in what we said, God has already begun to speak to some of your hearts. I wanted to take, I don't know if you guys were here last Friday... ...but I think Apostle gave the most complete message I've ever heard on preparing for marriage last Friday. And there's really no need for us to reinvent the wheel... But what I do want to do is grab one or two points and very quickly uh, develop that and help you guys. Because at the end of the day, I know that tonight the topic is finding the one. But oftentimes, the biggest issue with finding the one is not that the one is not here, is that you can't see the one. On. So two things I want to do tonight is help you see the one. And the second thing I want to help you do is get ready for the one. Because finding the one has a lot more to do with you than the other person. It has a lot more to do with you. So I want to go over a couple of things. And the first thing I want to say um, is that God did not give a woman to a man first. Okay? If we go to Genesis 2.15. Let's go with me real quick. Because a lot of you want a woman first. But I want you to see something quickly. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Next one. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you do, you will surely die. Okay, I want you to write down three things that God gave to man before he gave him a woman. The first thing he gave him is, the first thing he did is he placed him somewhere. Okay, that talks about stability. A lot of you are not stable. You're not stable mentally. You're not stable financially. You're not stable emotionally. And the first thing God did with a man is he placed him somewhere. Firmly planted somewhere. A lot of you don't serve God in this house. A lot of you are not committed to this house. You're not planted. And because you're not planted, you're not stable. And you want a woman. But you're skipping the very first thing God did. The second thing that God did is he gave him responsibility. He said, you're going to take care of this garden. And that speaks of maturity. Maturity. A lot of you want a woman, but truth be told is you don't know what to do with one. Hey. Come on. Second thing God did, he gave them responsibility. And the third thing God did, and this is probably one of the most important ones, he set boundaries. He said you can eat of every tree here except for that one. And that talks about self-control. A lot of you don't have any self-control. You have no boundaries. You're a reckless mess. And you want God to send a daughter into that? Ladies, you want God to send a priest into that? Because this works both ways. Amen? And let's read what it says in verse 18 real quick. Verse 18. It says... And the Lord God said, not man. It is not good that the man should be alone. I, everybody say him. Amen. Will make him a help meet for him. A couple of things I want to show you from this verse. First of all, God said the time, not man. Bible says, God said after man had done everything that he had told him to do after he had responsibilities, after he was stable, after he had self-control, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. He didn't say that up until that point because before that, it was good for man to be alone. See, let me tell you something. It is good for you to be alone for some time. It is good for you to be single for some time. It is good for you not to have a wife sometimes. It is good for you to not have to take somebody to the movies sometimes. It is good. It is good. When the time comes and it's no longer good, God will say it is not good for you to be alone. But up until that time, God didn't say a word. The problem is that you want to do God's work for you. And God said, it's not good for man to be alone at that moment. After he had given the man instructions. So the timing of the season to get married is not to you to choose. Adam was so preoccupied, and this is my testimony. Adam was so preoccupied doing what God had told him to do, he didn't realize it wasn't good for him to be alone. That's right. You never hear Adam complaining to God, talking about God, I'm alone. God said, it's not good for you to be alone. That alone time, that's when you get ready for when God brings the wife. Some of you want to skip the alone time. As long as you keep trying to skip the alone time, God is never going to say, it's not good for you not be able to be alone. <laughs> Amen? Are you with me? Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about two things that are crucial for you to find your mate. And this is from my testimony and from my life. And I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. Number one, and I want you to write this down. You have to commit to your purpose and destiny, right you didn't sound too excited about that one, and I understand, but i 'm going to say it again for the people that are se- are you serious about finding somebody? Yeah. I want to know if you're serious. If you're not serious, you're not going to appreciate any of the things I'm saying. And maybe some of you here came looking for some juicy stuff. But I want you to know that this is a church where we teach you how to live the right way. And this is a place where we want you to succeed. And the reason why the divorce rate in the church is as big as it is in the world is because, like Apostle said last week, the church has failed to prepare the youth for marriage. And here we are going to teach you how to get married and how to stay married. Amen. So I want you to write down some things that you need to know about number one You need to commit to your purpose and destiny write this down until you commit to your purpose and destiny You don't need a helper You just don't need her Commitment is the first step to aligning with the will of God Some of y'all praying for the will of God commitment is the first step to aligning yourself with that will and purpose Until you commit, there is no alignment. Until you commit, there's no need. Supply and demand, baby. You are not committed, you are not creating a demand. You are not committed, there is no need. When you commit, God will say, it is not good for him to be alone. I'm going to keep going back to that tonight. Number three, I want you to write this down. Commitment changes your perspective. And this is really important. Because committed people see things uncommitted people don't see. What does that mean? A committed person looks at the heart. An uncommitted person is looking at the heart. What does that mean? Did you catch it? Some of y'all missed it. Okay. When you commit, you start to see beyond the physical. When you commit, you begin to see what is needed for your purpose. When you commit, you begin to see what is, what is precious and what is true. Somebody who's not committed is not looking for long-term. So the temporary will be good enough for you. But when you commit, you understand that you're in it for the long haul. So short-term is not good enough for you. That's why you're not satisfied with someone who meets your need right now. You want someone that's gonna be with you 10, 15, 20 years down the line. You want someone that's going to be able to walk with you for the long haul. But only committed people can see that. I want you to, Genesis 2.18. The Bible says that the woman is the helper comparable to him. It doesn't say the sex partner. It doesn't say the date buddy suitable helper that has to do with purpose and design as a matter of fact when you read in Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman it tells you what she does it doesn't tell you what she looks like it tells you what she does it gives you a profile of her character it tells you who is going to be the person that can help as a matter of fact Proverbs 31 tells you as a man who you will be if you marry someone like that because she has the capacity to take you where you need to go but it's not beauty that gets you there. Apostle said something last week that I have to repeat. He said, purpose is the gravity which pulls you together. Can I tell you something? When the looks are not there anymore, when the hair is gone, okay, what keeps you together is the purpose of God. Okay, when 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 the things that were up are now down, okay, it's the purpose of God that keeps you together. When it's no longer uh, what it used to be, when 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 you're not twenty or thirty anymore, it's the purpose of God that glues you together. It's that gravity that won't let you fall apart. That's why you have to put purpose first. When you commit to God the people that are not committed begin to be uh, uh, separated from your life. As a matter of fact, when people see that you're committed, the people that are not committed begin to kind of separate themselves from you because they realize they don't want none of that. And the best thing you could do is commit because guess what? Just by doing that, you're going to start removing a whole bunch of wrong people who don't want to be with someone that can't commit. Purpose determines determines what attracts you. You are attracted to things that complement your purpose when you walk in purpose. When you walk in purpose, purpose is a priority to you, and you will make decisions based on that priority. It's really important for you to realize that you're not serving God and you want to get married. I know a whole lot of women that are really frustrated right now because they're with a man that's not committed. And ladies, if you're here, I'm saving you a headache. The worst thing that can happen to a man is to have a frustrated woman by his side because she has nothing to help him with because he has nothing to do. Without purpose, marriage is only going to legalize sex. Without purpose involved, the only thing marriage does for you is legalize sex. It doesn't make it any better. Legalized marijuana is still bad for you. Legalized drugs are still bad for you. All right? so don't think that because you legalize sex that's going to make your marriage any better as a matter of fact it's going to make it worse because at some point it's going to hit you it's not all about sex and when you get to that point you're going to ask yourself what am I going to do now without purpose all you're doing is legalizing sex and your marriage was meant for so much more than that are you with me still So that was number one. Number two, and I'm out of your way. The second thing that you must do in order to be able to recognize the person that God has for you. As a matter of fact, let's go to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, quickly, please. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, you're killing me with this King James, but I love you. By the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Next verse. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here comes the good part. That you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Let me break that down. What is the Bible saying? Renew your mind so that you can find your wife. Renew your mind so that you can see what is before you. Renew your mind so that you can see the way God sees. The Bible says that until you renew your mind, you can't recognize the will of God. And many of you have the mate right in front of you and you can't see her or you can't see him because you're still programmed to find a wife the way the world taught you. Some of you came in here from outside. You got saved. You learned how to give your tithes. Okay, you know the Bible but you're still looking for a woman with the ways of the world. And until you do that, you're not going to be able to find the right woman because the world has a way and the Lord has a way. And they do not mix, baby. They don't mix. Some of you are still programmed to find a wife the way you did it outside. What is the number one driver outside? The physical. What is the number one driver in God's way? Inside. Inside. What is the last thing you get in God? Sex. What is the first thing you get outside? Sex. Are complete opposites. Some of you need to reprogram your mind and begin to realize that the way you're looking for a woman is wrong. And that's why you can't find her. I want you to write some things down. And I'm out of here. What you're looking for determines what you find. What you're looking for determines what you find. Some of you want a body. Pick one. But that body is not a guaranteed. that the rest is going to work out. That's just a shell and it comes with an expiration date. Don't let the cover fool you. The inside may be rotten. You need to learn to see beyond that. I want you to write this down. Your values determine your focus. What's important to you determines what's important to to, to your eyes. You're gonna be drawn to what you value, your values determine your focus. Some of you are focused on that girl that looks alright, with long hair and perfect body. But you can't see that inside, that girl's got a process that needs to still take place. And if you go with her, you're not going to end up in a good place. As a matter of fact, when you read the book of Proverbs, you find out that the woman that led the man to death had sweet lips. She looked alright. But the Bible says that her house was a pathway to hell. Don't be fooled, young people. I want you to understand. It's your responsibility to renew your mind and to think differently. I want you to see something else. Let's go back to Genesis. Last one. Chapter 2, verse 22. Real quick. Look at what the Bible says. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto man. God is still doing the work up to this point. He said it's not good for him to be alone and then he put the man to sleep that means he don't need your help he don't need your help and then he made the woman and then he brought her to man and look at what the next verse says and Adam said see you don't hear about Adam up until this point he just showed up this is now bone of my bones And flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. God is responsible for bringing you the woman. You are responsible for recognizing it when he does. God brings you the woman. You need to have your mind renewed. You need to have your priorities in order. You need to be committed. You need to be focused on purpose. And when you do, and she walks in, you're going to be like, Aha! This is called woman. And she is flesh of my flesh. And she is bone of my bone. But before that takes place, you have to be planted somewhere. Before that takes place, you have to be stable in your emotions. Before that takes place, you have to be able to give an account count you have to be responsible before that takes place you have to be committed to your purpose and call and then God is going to say it is not good for you to be alone he's going to put you to sleep he's going to bring her around see Adam was hanging out with a bunch of animals just like many of you here And when she walked in, he said, this is different. This doesn't look like anything else I've seen so far. This is my wife. Give it to the Lord. Because I'm done. Babe, all yours.
1: Okay, so I'm going to continue what he's talking about. Um, it was funny because we were trying to do it together and then we separate and we won't come back. It's like we have the same notes. And I was like, okay, so we are in alignment. That's good. Um, so yeah, uh, what I believe is important for you to know tonight is what he was saying. You got to be on purpose. But how do you know if you're in purpose? You got to do something about it. See, when I came to Jesus and I got saved here in this church, I remember that I went home. And I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to commit to you. And I made a covenant that I was going to serve with everything I have. And with everything that I was. So it's important that you recognize, at least for me, that before I made covenant with my husband, before he put a ring on it, I had already a covenant with my Lord and Savior. So that's important for you to know tonight. And you say, okay, you know, we have heard him. We know everything that he's saying and what you're saying. But I still don't know how to find the one. And trust me, I was many times in your chair. So I didn't know how to do it. But it's important that you recognize that the Lord always is going to give you a clue. He's, he's not going to hide everything from you. Because he wants you to know. He's your father. He wants you to be aware of what is going on in your life from him. So he's going to give you clues. He may present to you a dream like the way we spoke about, you may have a dream, you may have a prophetic word. And in this I'm going to stay a little bit because I I have experience, I've worked with a lot of youth over the years, a lot of single men, single women, and I noticed something. Like I shared with you the prophetic word, I received also many others related to my husband's purpose. But I didn't go and just talk about it, share it with my mom, and be like all happy about it. You know, I actually took the time to be jealous about it, to present it to the Lord, to be constantly in prayer, to be fasting, because you don't know his face like we didn't know faces, but we knew that the Lord had something for us. So it's important that, you know, a a lot of times we try to feed the prophetic word. I see many women, you don't understand. Can I share something with you? I'm like, sure. Tell me. Oh, well, you know, I, the Lord gave me this prophetic word the other day and said that, you know, my husband is going to be this and this and this. And then I saw somebody in church, you know, the guy that behind the camera. Yeah, that one. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to, you know, he said to me hi the other day and he said the same thing. You know, he said, oh, you know, by the way, nice sweater. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop right there. Do, do you know him? No. Has he ever asked you to go for coffee with somebody else, like a group of friends? No. Okay, then that's not, that's not what the Lord meant when he gave you the prophetic word. See, we're trying to take Cinderella Disney movies into the church. Do you want to be with the Cinderella sleeper trying on the feet of everybody? Like, oh yeah, I like that one and I like the other one and I like the one behind. You know, this is a prophetic word. It's for you to be jealous about it, to put it in your womb, to pray, to be diligent. It's not for you to be a Cinderella sleeper that you want to try in the feet of everybody. That's not what it is. Say to a neighbor, no more Cinderella sleeper.
0: No more Cinderella
1: slippers. Do not try to feed, you know, oh no, it's a guy from work. A guy from work, is he safe? No, he's a good man. Listen woman, I'm gonna tell you something. A good man doesn't make it. You see, when I met my husband, There was something that I really, 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 really like about him. And it was his passion for God. I said, hmm, I like this guy. Okay. So we're in agreement. We're not going to try to feed the prophetic word into somebody else that is not the right person. Okay. And then I'm going to touch up a little bit on what my husband said. Because I see also I'm trying to be a little more like connected to what we live here on an everyday basis. Right. So uh, I want to go to Romans twelve three, And this is kind of connecting to what he was saying. You know, there's a lot of people that think very high of themselves. Like very, very, very high. Like I'm talking about they live with Jesus up there somewhere because I don't even know how, you know, they walk on earth. So that word talks about, there you go. Through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think. But to think sovereignly, according as God felt to every man that measures of faith. There's a lot of people here because I've seen it. Oh, no, 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 but I'm so and so. And I do this and this, fill in the blank. And I'm very well connected to apostle. And I walk with the prophet. And okay, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that you got the grace and favor. We get it clear. But see the peasants down here? We're the same. You know, we're daughters and sons the same way that you are a son and a daughter. So just like my husband said, please open the eyes of their understanding in your heart. And see what God is really trying to present to you as a man or as a woman of God. Because you can tell me that you are a man or a woman of character. That you do all these things and you have all these commitment And you have all these titles. And you have all these grace and favor. But you're trying to chop around for a wife. Or a husband. Hey. Oh, let me see if this person is suitable. Do you serve? Do you do this? How often do you come to church? Who are your parents? Who are your mentors? What is your net? Hey, the last time I checked, I will go and pray and fast about it. Oh, no, no, you're you're not. Yeah, no. She's friends with so-and-so. That's not how you pick a husband or a wife. Okay? Um, And also, I want to touch on something little before we continue. We're going to have some points about what are going to be the indicators. That's what we call it. What are the indicators of the right person? I want to tell you that... Like my husband said, you're not going to seek a spiritual relationship with a mindset of the natural. When I went back and we got reconnected again, the first thing I did, I was like, Lord, okay, I say yes. And I'm going to pretend I give you all my hurt, I give you all the words, all the rehearse, you know, scenarios that I have fighting with him and telling him the truth and what I thought, you know, because women do that, we rehearse a lot. You know, I give it all to you. And I'm going to start with a renewed mind. I'm going to go out with him like I've never seen him before. Like it is the first time that I talk to him. And the second part that I want to talk to you about is that I want to go to Matthew 6.33. Which is one of my favorite verses. And actually Apostle touching on, on that. And that is... But seek the, the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things, all these things shall be added unto you. You see, our spiritual mother taught me that. She said, Sonia, I pray with that Bible verse. And she had told it in many, many occasions to many um, conferences and things that she does with women. She said, I pray for two years with that Bible verse. And that Bible verse speaks to me about consecration. Who are you consecrating to? Your job? School? Work? Your dreams? Your passions? You have to seek first the kingdom. Because when you seek first the kingdom, which is what I, I believe was the result and the fruit of our relationship, you're gonna see how that relationship is gonna start bearing fruit. You see, we start bearing fruit. We start bearing fruit in the relationship that we have with each other. We start bearing fruit with the disciples. We start seeing doors being open because we, we, we sought the kingdom first. So you want to go into that?
0: We have some indicators that we wanted to touch on real quick. On how to identify if he or she is Mr. or Mrs. Right. Number one. What is your strongest point of connection? Is it natural or is it spiritual? In other words, what brings you together? Is it the flesh or is it God? What are the most exciting conversations you have together? hmm
1: Yeah, you see, when, when we met and we started talking, aside of everything that we already told you, our connection is because we're dreamers. We dream a lot. God gives us dreams. And as a matter of fact, when, I get, when we got married after our first week of marriage, he has some type of dreams and I have some other types of dreams. They're not the same. But when we got married after the week of marriage, I started having the dreams that he has. And he started having the dreams that I have.
0: That brings me to the next point. Does that person add or take away from your life? Come on. Does that person add virtue? Does that person add passion? Does that person add the fear of God into your life? Does that person add a desire to serve God? Or does that person take away those things? This is really important. I really like this one here. Number three. Does that person fit your future? Or are they merely fulfilling a temporary need? can that person be with you in 15 years? Can that person be with you in 10 years? When you are not hiding your pants anymore, can you still live with that person? When you are not burning anymore, can you still live with that person? That's important to know. You got a little quiet. I must be saying something. Number four. If the relationship ended, would that person still serve God? Come on. You want to know what? I've seen so many people leave church after they break up. You know what that reveals? They were never here for God to begin with. They were here for you. Can I tell you something? The last thing you need to be is with someone who's here for you and not for God. The last person you want to get married with is someone for whom you are first and God is second. That person will leave you. The next someone better than you comes around and oh, I have news for you. There is a lot of better people than you around. You need to be with someone whom God is first to. And they are here for God, not for you. But I've seen this happen so many times. So ask yourself this question. If the relationship ended, would they still serve God? Number five. What are the principles of that relationship? What are... Your boundaries in that relationship. Is it a right if you touch and grab? Are you allowed to get to second base? Come on. Because if you are playing a game, I can tell you it's not from God. You didn't like that one, huh? Okay, good. If you are playing a game, it's not from God. Can I tell you something? Someone who doesn't set boundaries doesn't love you. If they're willing to sin with you, they will eventually sin against you. Number six, real quick. What is the focal point of your relationship? What is the focus? What is it that you guys focus on the most? Number seven, oh, I like this one. Will you want your children to be like this person. Would you want your kids to be like that person you're dating? Because God is a generational God. And if you don't like him, guess what? You're not going to like what comes out of him. If you don't like her, you don't like what comes out of her. And the last one. Do you have to hide it from your authorities?
1: Come on. That's a big one.
0: Can we take the puppet one? Hey. Do you have to hide it from your authorities? Hey. When you mention about going to talk to apostle, why do they get scared? Listen, women. When you talk about bringing it up to your mentors, why do they always say, this is not the best time? Can it be that it's not, that it's not the best time? It's that it's the wrong person. And they know it. Can I tell you something? When you know you're doing the will of God, there's nothing to hide. The first thing that happened to me when I started going out with her, I didn't have to hide it. I no longer cared what any of y'all thought. I didn't care. You know why? Because number one, I had the approval from God. Number two, I had the approval from the man of God. Number three, I had the approval from the parents. If you have to hide it, there is something wrong with it. Sin is always exposed When you bring it to the light. And the devil hides in whatever is hidden. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you where he likes to hang out the most. He likes to hang out in secrets. And if there is a need to hide it, that means that something is wrong. I want you guys to bow your heads. And if we could put the lights on a little bit. I know that as I have been speaking and as my wife has been speaking, God has been speaking to many of you here. And I want you to know that there is something that God spoke to me before I came here tonight. And He told me, let them know. Those of them that recognize that they are in a wrong relationship. If they, get, if they make the decision to get out of it tonight, I will spare them from the consequences. There are people here, you know you are in the wrong relationship. And what you have is a soul tie with that other person. You're afraid to let them go. You're drawn to the physical. You don't want to be alone. You've been with this person for so long, they define you. You keep going back to an abusive relationship. You keep falling in sin. And as I have been speaking tonight. God has been speaking to you. As my wife has been speaking. God has been speaking to you. So tonight I want to make a call to everyone here. Who says. Elder John. Elder Sonia. I've been in the wrong relationship. And I'm struggling. I can't get out of it. I have a soul tie with the wrong person. God wants to break that soul tie tonight so that you can be free to get out of that relationship. I'd like to take a minute to speak to anyone who's listening, but you've never given your life to Jesus. And if you would like to ask him to come into your heart today, repeat this prayer with us Heavenly Father, I recognize that I am a sinner and my sin separates me from you. I repent of all my sins. And confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with all my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life. The day I die, when I open my eyes, I will be in your arms. Amen. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, we want you to help us spread the word. Subscribe and tell others to do so as well so that you don't miss any future episodes. We bless you and we'll see you next week in the next episode of Walking in Purpose.